Hey everybody, this is Pastor Court Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Psalms chapter 137 and as you're turning we're going to dismiss our kids ages five ages three to six can be dismissed ages three i I believe it's three to five maybe i'm I'm still off with the times three to five three to five year olds can be dismissed if you're a guest today and you have a child ages three to five you can let them go to these devil doors there will be people in the foyer to meet them they're going to have a class upstairs they're going to have a great time a great lesson as I teach today down here, they're going to have a word up there as well. Amen. Psalms 137, I'm going to begin in verse 1. When you have it, just shout, I got it. Amen. Psalms 137, beginning in verse 1 says, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. And how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Today, just for a few moments, I want to preach to you an encouraging word, and I want to ask you to don't hang up your harp. Look at your neighbor and say, don't hang up your harp, and let us pray together. Lord, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for your presence that is in this room. I ask you now, Lord, that you would move in our midst, that you would let the word do its work. We've already experienced your power. We've already experienced your glory. Now, God, I want to experience the changing word of God that would set the captives free, that would open the doors and break the chains. I pray it now in the name that is above every name. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated in Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor one more time and tell him, don't hang up your harp. We are very uh, familiar with the story of the captives being led away into Babylon, and we are very aware of the story of Psalms. This is a psalm that got into the book of Psalms later on in history. This psalm was not written by King David. It was written by another psalmist. If you understand the book of Psalms, it is a Jewish book of hymns. It is a Jewish book of songs, mostly written by King David, but also written by the chief musician also written by those who were in charge at the time uh, that the psalm was written, writing songs and hymns unto the Lord. The first song that we know that was written was written by Moses. Moses wrote the first psalm. When they came over the Red Sea, the Bible says that Moses began to sing, and he said, the Lord have triumphed. 
and the Lord hath done mighty things, and he has caused the horse and his rider to be swallowed up by the sea. And as Moses sang that song, the Bible says that Miriam came, and Miriam got a tambourine, and she gathered all the ladies of Israel, and they all gathered tambourines, and they began to sing Moses' song. Many people think that Miriam was the first worship leader because she took a song that had been written by the authority, Moses, took that song and made it into a hymn and sang it with the ladies of Israel as they sang. This is one of our very first songs in the Bible. It was a song about God's power. It was a song about God's authority. It was a song about God's presence. And songs and psalms became a huge part of Jewish culture. They sing, and even today, if you were to go uh, to Israel, you would probably find many parties and you would find many events where Orthodox Jews still sing and dance together. They still have this kind of a culture among them today, psalms and songs that would remind people of the power and the authority and the majesticness of God. It became a part of the fabric of the culture of the people of Israel. They continued to write songs and they would sing these songs over and over again to remind themselves of how mighty God was, to remind themselves that he had brought them over, to remind themselves that he had brought them through. And they also wrote songs of care and they also wrote songs of wonder and they also wrote songs of of uh, feelings of emotion when David wrote a song where he said Lord I cried all night and I cried so much that my bed swam with my tears we know that David didn't cry that much but in the song that he's singing unto the Lord he's letting the Lord know I'm in a bad place and I need you Songs are important. Even on the cross, Jesus, before he took his last breath, he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Eli, Eli, lama sabbatani. And if you understand what that means, it is Psalms 22. So every Jew standing there recognized the beginning of a psalm that they had learned from their childhood. And if you go read Psalms 22, you will see that Jesus was foreshadowing and prophesying back into the psalm to show them that my crucifixion had already been sung about long time ago in the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms and songs, it is a part of our Bible today. When you read the Bible, you can't read the Bible without reading the book of Psalms and without understanding that there is a portion of this religion and this beautiful Christian walk where we sing songs, we sing together. Somebody said, I like to sing with the people of God, amen. It feels good in the congregation when we sing. This is why we sing in church. It's not because we're Pentecostal. It's not because we're apostolic. It's not because we're Baptist. It's not because we're, we're country. It's not because we're from the South. It's not because we, it's because in the Bible they did it and we do it now. Even to what I said before I brought the word today, even in Jesus' last moments with his disciples, as a part of the Last Supper, they sang a hymn together. 
They probably sang one of David's songs together, the 12 of them with Jesus in their midst. They took a moment out of the dinner and they just sang a song together and they worshiped the Lord together. Even Paul, when he writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul will tell us, he says, sometimes I pray in tongues and sometimes I pray with understanding. And he says, sometimes I sing in tongues. What Paul said, he said, sometimes I'll even sing in tongues and then sometimes I'll sing with understanding. Singing and your song is important. I said, singing and your song is important. All throughout the book of Psalms, David is not only encouraging people to sing songs, but he also encourages people to write songs numerous times, over nine times in one chapter in the middle of the book of Psalms. David admonishes the reader to sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. And what David is asking the reader to do is don't just sing my song, but sing your song. Sing what God has done for you. Sing how God has brought you out. Make up a song. Make it up. I don't care how it sounds. It's just between you and God anyway. Just make up a song to sing that tells your story, that tells where you're from, that tells your testimony, that talks about how great God has been to you. Sing a song where you tell the Lord, Lord, I'm struggling, and Lord, I need you. Lord, I'm not doing good today, but I know that you're still mighty, and I know that you're still powerful. Within the culture of the Jewish world, songs were important. Hymns were paramount. It was in those moments where the Bible said, God said, I will come down in those moments and I will dwell with you. He inhabits that moment. He is drawn to the songs of the congregation. That's why when we sing, you start feeling something. You're like, ooh, that feels good. Your foot start patting before you know it, your hips are moving. I don't even go to this church, but it's good. Because God is coming into the room. You feel his presence. You feel his power. Music is a communication between earth and the spirit realm. Music is one of the only elements that's on the earth that wasn't made on the earth. Music was designed in heaven. Designed by God, designed for one thing and one thing only, praise and worship. So be careful what you listen to because you cannot separate music from worship. And if you listen to music about God and goodness, you're going to worship God and goodness. But if you listen to songs about twerking and working and all the other stuff, guess what? Ain't nobody want to talk about you to preach on a Sunday morning. Songs are important. When I read this verse, I brought this out to our youth uh, when we were on our trip just a few weeks ago. Great trip. I, I, I brought this portion of because the Lord's been dealing with me about this verse. And I kind of brought this up just for a moment in our, in our session. But I, 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 I planned to preach this here at, here at the main assembly at some point. But when I read Psalms 137, this is a song that was written after the majority of the work of the book of Psalms was written, it talks about when they were taken captive into Babylon and Babylon took the people 
King Nebuchadnezzar took the people. We read about this. If you want to read about them being taken captive, you can go read the book of Daniel. And you can go read the book of Jeremiah where we really see the whole uh, story played out. But as they, as they write this song, they say, there we sit down uh, and we remembered Zion. We thought about Zion. And we hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For they that carried us away required of us a song. I'm, I'm, I'm so astonished by this verse because I just want to point something out to you here. You have to understand this moment. You have to understand how amazing this moment right here is. It's because... They took them captives. They destroyed their homes and, and they destroyed uh, their places of living and they took from them everything. If you read the story about what happened when Babylon destroyed Jerusalem and took the people of Israel captive, God allowed this to happen. They took everything they had. They took their, their, their sheep and their, and their cattle and they took their homes and they took them away from their homes. And if you read the book of Daniel, you'll see that they gave them new clothes and they gave them new names and they gave them new identities Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were really Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were Babylonian names that's not their Israelite names we call them Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego but their mothers called them Hananiah Mishael and Azariah that were their names Babylon took everything from them but for some reason they didn't take their harps Oh, hallelujah. They carried them away captive, burning their homes in the distance. They carried them away captive, taking everything from them, all dignity, all names, all identities. But for some reason, the people who took them captive didn't take their hearts. No, it wasn't the enemy who took the harp. The Bible says that they themselves hung them in the willows. The enemy didn't steal the harp from them. The enemy let them keep their harps. But they of their own volition, of their own idea, of their own place in a strange land, they said to themselves, how could we sing in a strange land? And they took their harps that the enemy let them keep. Couldn't keep your harps. Couldn't even keep your name. But you can keep your harp. The enemy didn't take the harp. They hung their harp in the willow. The enemy didn't say, hang your harps in the willows. The enemy actually said, sing us a song. Sing us a song of Zion. But because we were in a strange land, we lost our song and we hung our harps up. Because we weren't in Zion. We remembered Zion. We remembered how it used to be. We remembered all the beauty of home. We remembered all the beauty of comfortability. We remembered how it used to be. And we got so sad because we weren't there that we gave up our song and we hung up our harps and we couldn't sing because we were in a strange land. Oh, hallelujah. But what I... Feeling the Holy Ghost to preach to this church today, this assembly is. Your location has nothing to do with your song. Can I tell you that the children of Israel were wrong when they hung their harps in the willows? You see, the enemy had left them with the greatest weapon that they could have possibly used. 
They took their homes. They took their names. They took their clothes. But they left them with harps. They left them with the ability to praise God. They left them with the ability to sing a song. They left them with the ability to say, you know what? I don't care where I am. I still have a song in my heart. Can I preach for just a little while? I know there's some folks in this room. You've lost some things. And it ain't like it used to be. And you could, if you wanted to, go down memory lane. And think about how it used to be. And what I used to have. And I used to have this. And I used to have that. And you can think about Zion. And you can think about the good old days. But can this preacher come to you today and tell you, the enemy may have taken your land. The enemy may have taken some things from you but can I tell you there's something that he can never take from you and that is your harp that is your worship that is your song hey he can take your joy but he can't take your song he can take your family but he can't take your song he can take your health but he can't take your song he can take your children but he can't take your song he can take your finances but he can't take your song he might fight your peace but he can't take your song You see, I'm preaching to some folks today. Uh, you're going through some things right now. And you're looking around and you're thinking, how can I sing uh, in a place like this? Uh, how can I sing uh, in a moment like this? Uh, how could I praise God on Sunday morning when I know all the junk that's going on in my life? Uh, how could I even worship God this morning when they were singing all the songs uh, and the music was going? Uh, and I felt the power of God. I couldn't even worship, Pastor, because you don't know what I've lost. And how can I sing? when I'm in a strange land can I admonish you don't hang up your harp don't hang up your harp don't hang up your harp You got to tell the devil, devil, you can come against me. You can come against my family and you can take some stuff, but you ain't never going to take my song. I'm going to sing when I'm weak. I'm going to sing when I'm weary. I'm going to sing when I'm sick and I'm going to sing when I'm well. I'm going to sing when I'm broken. I'm going to sing when I'm up. I'm going to sing when I'm... Hallelujah. Just a few months ago, several months ago, I had many of you praying for my, my cousin, Taryn, who had COVID and was at the point of death. Several weeks before Taryn got sick, my uncle was sick, and my uncle passed away from COVID in Arizona, Tucson, Arizona. He passed away. We buried him. Just a few weeks after we buried my uncle, my cousin, Taryn, got sick. And I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. The family, we were scared. We were already broken from the loss of my uncle, who I'm, whom I love dearly. And we were already broken. My, mom, my mother was broken. My grandmother was broken. Just a year before, we had lost my Aunt Patty. Our family has really been through some loss in the last probably three to four years. My, my mother's side of the family has really dealt with some tremendous loss. And my Uncle Butch had just passed away, and now Taryn is really sick. She's in the hospital. She's on a ventilator. She can hardly talk. Every night, my mother had planned a little Zoom call. We would all call in and talk to Taryn because none of us could see her and and my, my uncle had passed away alone. He died alone by himself. And, and we just made a commitment. You know, that ain't happening to Taryn. If she does pass from this world, she's going to know that we love her. And we called her every day. We called her every night. We'd get on the prayer call. And the family would pray. And we would talk to Taryn. And she couldn't hardly even speak. 
one night she sent my mother, late in the evening, maybe in the early morning time, two or three in the morning, she sent my mother uh, uh, just, a, just a, uh, like a voice memo. And at first, my mother thought it was just something that she did accidentally. She couldn't, it just sounded like she could hear the ch in the background and hear the beep, 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 beep of the stuff inside the hospital. But as my mother began to pay attention a little closer to the recording, she could barely hear in the background just a small voice. And Taryn was singing. She was singing, it's your breath in our lungs. So we pull. And my mother sent that recording to the family. When me and my wife heard it, we began to weep and cry. Because we understood that it doesn't matter what Taryn is going through. The devil has taken so much from her. COVID had riddled her body. She was at the point of death. But COVID could not take her song. It's your breath. In our lungs. Oh, I don't know who I'm preaching to today. I don't know who I'm preaching to. You're going through some stuff. You're going through some things that you don't understand. You're going through some things that the enemy wants to lie to you and tell you it's over. But I come to preach to you today. Don't you dare hang your harp in the willow. Don't you dare hang your harp in the willow. You sing in a strange land. You gather yourself together and you say, Lord, it's your breath in my lungs. So I pour out my praise. Ooh, hallelujah. 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 You ought to sing in a strange... I know some of y'all in a strange land right now. You ain't never been here before. You don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. You're living in a strange land. You don't even recognize your home. You don't recognize your husband. You don't recognize your life. You don't recognize your children. You're in a strange land. You've never been this way before. But can I tell you, won't you look down and realize that the enemy can take everything, but he can't take your harp. He can't take your praise. He can't take your worship. And you better sing in a strange land and say I know I'm not where I need to be but my worship is going to be the same uh, don't hang up your harp Paul and Silas went to Macedonia they weren't in Macedonia for vacation. The Bible tells us in the beginning of the chapter that Paul had a vision. And a man had said, please come and help us. And Paul perceived, Paul perceived in that moment that the Lord wants us to go to Macedonia and start a revival. So he gets up, him and Silas, they leave. They go to Macedonia, they start a revival. They meet a lady named Lydia as they go down to worship and pray by the river. And they baptize many in Jesus' name. And Lydia and her whole household is converted. And she sells purple. And she has, she's a business owner. And she takes care of Paul and Silas. And oh, God's doing such a great work. This is, this is where we really need to be. I, you know, I knew God was in this. Because, I mean, you know, God gives you a vision. He gives you provision. 
and, and they're there in, in Macedonia, and they're doing the work of God. They're, they're not there hanging out. They're doing what God wants them to do. They're having a great time, and God's opening doors, and they're going down to the river to pray, and Lydia is feeding them every day, gives them a place to stay, taking care of them. Look at God doing his work. He gives you vision. He gives you provision for the vision. Ain't God good? And they're going down, and there's a young lady who keeps following them, and she keeps saying, hey, these are the men of God, and they show us the way of salvation. These are the men of God, and they show us the way of salvation. After several days of that, Paul realized, you know, this is a, a, a young lady who has a spirit of divination on her, and she needs to be healed. And so Paul just says, you know, in the name of Jesus, spirit, come out of her right now. And the spirit comes out of her. She's healed. The Bible calls her a young damsel. And so when she's healed, what Paul doesn't realize is there were people who were using her spirit of divination for their gain. And when, they, when she got healed, they lost their money cow. And they was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What did you do to her? And so oh, we, we released her from that spirit. Well, she could tell people's future, and she could, and she could tell who people were, and she could read palms, and she did all kind of tarot reading, and she was, she was all into it. And they said, yeah, yeah, I know, that's, that, that's the work of the flesh. That's the spirit upon her. And I rebuked the spirit off of her, and so now she's healed. Well, they got mad about that. And they went to the elders of the city, and they said, hey, these guys right here are messing up our whole game plan. And I don't know if you know this, but we pay taxes. And when we get paid, you get paid, and we ain't getting paid no more. So these guys didn't mess up the whole system. So they brought Paul and Silas in, asked them what they were doing. Paul and Silas didn't answer them correctly, so they got out sticks and beat them. I mean, it ain't like, it ain't like today when you get a fine. They were like, you know what, You're not, you, you know what? I, I, I don't like what you said. Let's get the sticks out. It's legit what happened. And then they started beating down Paul and Silas. They beat them. And then after they beat them, they threw them in prison. And the, the chief of the prison said, you know what? Throw them in the darkest, deepest dungeon. Put them in the bottom of the prison. And then he went to the, to the, to the jailer and he said, listen, I charge these men to you by your life. And Paul's thinking, I thought I was doing the will of God. I thought I, was, I thought I was living right. I was just doing what God told me to do. They done took my dignity, humiliated me, beat me up. I'm sure he was probably bleeding. I mean, I mean, I mean think about grown men beating you with sticks. The Bible says they beat them. I mean, this wasn't like a, a little slap around. No, these, these men got beat. They probably had broken ribs. Maybe a broken jaw. And the Bible says they chained them to the floor. You talk about a strange land. A few minutes ago, we were having revival down by the river. <laughs> Just a few moments ago, we were doing the will of God and everything was peachy. And all of a sudden, just because I delivered somebody from a spirit, now we're in the bottom of the prison. We're bloody and bruised. Let's just complain right now. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Let's just complain and talk about how dumb this was. We should have stayed where we was at. We was better there. At least we weren't getting beat. That's not what happened. See, because... They beat them, and they humiliate them, and they chained them, but they didn't muzzle them. 
they should have muzzled them. But the only thing they did not try to capture was their mouth. And the Bible said about the midnight hour, Paul and Silas just said, I love you, Lord, and I live my voice to worship you. <laughs> I'm not hanging up my harp. You can beat me. You can put me in the prison. Do what you want to do. But I got a song that the angels cannot sing. Hey, hey. They might have just said, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. Come on, Silas, get that harmony part. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. And Silas said, have your way. Have your way. And they just started singing praises in the midnight hour. And the Bible said the earth began to shake. You should have shut us up. Or at least you should have separated us because we're two or three. Gather in my name. Thou being. You should have separated us. You should have muzzled us. But you left me with my harp. You took my house. You took my children. You took my money. You took my health. But you left me a harp. And I'm not going to hang my harp up in the willows. I'm going to sing me a song. Hey. He's so good. Remain standing. I'm done. I don't know how much more I could. I don't know how much more I could preach it. I got about 27 different more stories or angles I could go with. But I think you understand what I'm saying right now. If you're in a strange land, you ought to sing. If you're broken today, you ought to sing. If you're broke today, you ought to sing. If you're wounded today, you ought to sing. If you look around and you say, you know what, I ain't never been in this kind of mess before. This is some new junk right here. You ought to sing. If you're not where you know you should be, in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit, in your life, whatever it may be, don't hang your harp up. Don't hang your harp in the willow. Don't get so focused on how good it used to be that you say, you know what, they didn't even no reason to sing here. There's always a reason to sing. You say, well, you know what, Pastor? I'm here today, but I ain't really been living right. And I, I, I you know, I just, just straight up, I've been sinning. You know, I'm a sinner. And uh, I just don't feel like that I'm good enough to sing. Can I, can, I, can I tell you something? Can I give you revelation? You right. You ain't good enough to sing. Neither am I. You don't know a human being that's good enough to sing God's praises. You don't know nobody. There ain't a millionaire, billionaire, Brazilianaire. That's a millionaire who's also Brazilian. 
little, little, you know, little revelation for you today on Sunday morning. I don't care what you got. You ain't never been good enough to sing. So what's your excuse now, baby? I don't sing because I'm good. And I don't sing because I'm where I want to be. And I don't sing because everything's right. I sing because he's good. I sing because he'll never leave me nor forsake me. I sing because he's right. Come on, you ought to lift your voice right now. And I don't know what song you got on your heart. And maybe you don't even have a song. You got a prayer. Just sing it like a, just sing your prayer. Just, just lift your voice and say, Lord, I, I, I refuse to hang up my harp in the willows when I know, when I know that you are good. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.